Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. I am joined today by Salah Frenzen, investment manager, and I am not going to say the name of the company she's working <laughs> at because I will get that wrong. I will leave her to, to introduce um, to introduce it when she does her own introduction. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about various topics um, to do with leadership and setting up teams for success. And this episode is one that I'm very excited about because Salah has an amazing story. Um, having moved from finance to retail, back to finance, changing industries, really. Um, she has amazing mentoring stories and also uh, an incredible way of setting up her team for success, what that means for her team members and the organization. I couldn't be more excited about having Salah on the podcast for this reason. Hi, Salah. Hi, it's super, super nice to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny how we're already starting the episode laughing because I'm just being silly. I'm completely unprepared and I do not know what I'm doing today. So <laughs> we will see how, how that goes. Before we dig into today's topic, can I intro invite you to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so my name is Salah Franzen. Um I'm currently working as an investment manager at Navigata Ventures, which is a venture company uh, that invests in, in early stage uh, tech and, and research uh, related uh, companies. Um, and I have a background in math. Uh, so I studied 10 years of mathematics um, because I thought it was so much fun uh, and then ended up uh, going into finance because, yeah, I just figured that it could be quite interesting mathematical problems to solve there. Uh, and ended up staying for quite some time. And then the last uh, two years, I was at IKEA, um, working with the, the web and the app and all the digital touch points that are in the stores. So super fun, completely different, uh, really nice to work in a company with such a, a very, yeah, a, a very value-based um, company. Uh, and now it's really nice to be back in Stockholm again. <laughs> yeah. So you've been, not only you've been moving industries. So you went, as you said, from finance to retail to IKEA, where you were looking after their, their data teams. Um, and now you're back, um, in the finance world, but you've also moved countries, um, quite a bit during these, this life changes yep. and I find, <laughs> I find it fascinating how, um, you can actually change industry as a leader because people tend to tell me quite often, you know, when you work, um, in any role, but especially in data, if you want to become a leader in the industry, you need to specialize quite early and then know um, which industry you want to be in. So you know all the problems and how you can solve them with data, but you've proven that it's not necessarily the case. So I would love to, to hear more about that. What are your tips to do that successfully? I would, I would say that I, I wouldn't at all agree that you have to stay in the same industry. I mean, <laughs> obviously I, I haven't done that myself. Um, but for me, it's also very much, I think it's because I have, 
yeah, a long background in math and, and I really like mathematics. And I think for me, sort of uh, when you use data to try to solve problems in, in business, you're really sort of applying mathematics um, on different kinds of problems, but the mathematics is the same. Uh, so for me, it's been, I mean, I have this sort of passion and, and curiosity to understand more and more uh, about either the world or the company that I'm working in or the team that I'm managing. Um, and for me, sort of, that's what drives me. And I think that's an important thing to have to know what it is that, that drives you as a person, what gives you joy. Um, because if you have a job that gives you joy, then you will be successful. Uh, because how could you not be? At least you'll have fun. And fun is important in life. <laughs> I love that. This this sounds, <laughs> this sounds great. It's, it, it's amazing that as at such an advanced stage in your career, you're actually thinking about work as being fun and making sure that it's something that you're enjoying doing. It, it's really great. <laughs> so something you mentioned around the passion and curiosity. So we know that as data people, we have to be curious anyways, because things move fast, we need to learn. Um, but also to dig into data, you have to be curious to understand what's happening. But what you were talking about is a curiosity outside of this data thing. It's the curiosity, as you said, of the industry and understanding the problems. And I guess that leads quite well to how you started your career, um, moving from mathematics to um, the finance industry, which was an industry you didn't know much about, I guess, as a graduate. Yep. <laughs> um, how did you manage to establish yourself there? Yeah, I mean, I think I was very lucky. Um, it took me a while. Having studied 10 years of math, people kind of tended to think that I was probably a bit of an odd person <laughs> because this was before mathematics was something that was sort of uh, a bit more mainstream. Um, so it took a while for me to find find a job. And I think uh, a friend of mine, my, mine said very accurately that when you have a PhD in math, you just need to find one person who understands what, what it is that you can do, and then you'll be fine. Uh, and I think that's kind of what happened for me. So I ended up working in a, a small hedge fund. So it was uh, myself, I was 30 at the time, and uh, the two founders of the hedge fund, who were both 50 and childhood friends, um, had grown up together. And, and they somehow I think they saw something in me probably because they gave me a, a chance to, to try to learn as much as I could um, in their company. And, and it was just fantastic. They would spend time sort of explaining how the markets work. Uh, we'd look at graphs. They'd help me introduce me to all the clients that we had. I was doing presentations. They really sort of pushed my boundaries, but were also incredibly supportive. And I think that's so key, um, allowing for humans around you to, to grow by, you know, constantly giving them small challenges and then checking if they're okay with that challenge or if it's too much or too little, uh, but always having their back, uh, because that's how we can grow as humans. Being able to sort of try your wings in, in new places constantly, I think, is, is very rewarding. This is uh, this is very true. So what they they've done basically is providing you with a safe space to learn and make mistakes, um, so that you can grow from there. That that's such a <laughs> gift, as you said. You were saying you're lucky, but that's really such a gift to have as a first job because it yeah. really sets you up for for success for later. And then you have like firsthand experience of what great management and leadership looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because I've been managing people now for maybe the last 
10, 12 years, something like that. And I think for me, what, what I really enjoy with it is allowing for people to grow, uh, trying to understand the individual uh, in the team, and then seeing how you can kind of uh, maybe help or nudge or introduce them to new people or introduce them to something that might be interesting for them, and then seeing them grow over the years. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's definitely something that I always do. I'm always kind of uh, in touch with people that I think uh, have massive potential or are really kind or just, you know, pleasant. Um, and I really like trying to help them figure out uh, their next step if, if they are up for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel like it's important to give back. Yeah. And I'm like, can I come work with you? Um, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about finance, but I can learn. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, do you have a, an example, maybe like a, a brief example of how you've actually applied that? Because you mentioned um, helping people. Well, introduce people to others, helping them grow, helping them figure out their their next steps. How would you go about doing that? Yeah. Um, well, I think actively listening, because <laughs> uh, because quite often often people already know what they want, um, and then if you really listen, then they they will tell you what it is they want, and sometimes they might feel a bit lost and just need. To, to have a couple of ears that they can talk into uh, and hear what they are saying themselves. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, over the years, I've had many students who've done master's theses for me or bachelor's theses, because I think that's super interesting to to help uh, even quite young people to, to start to find their first jobs and quite successfully managed to, to sort of place them in, in nice places um, after finishing their thesis. Um, I have a lot of both friends and, and colleagues and team members that, that where either I've been helped or I've helped them over the years. Um, and it's almost like we have this network of, of people who just like to help. <laughs> and it's super. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. It's sort of constantly, you know, oh, this person is really good. You should talk to her and, and then you should probably talk to that person. And, you know, so it's just my passion. <laughs> what a way to network, actually. So now you... <laughs> You're not investment manager anymore. You are super connector. Uh, <laughs> this is your new job title. <laughs> yeah. So be, because of that, so that, that means that it just set you on your, I guess, leadership style. And that, that's clearly, I mean, helping other, others grow clearly is very important to, to you. Um, but that also means helping the organization grow and uh, integrating data teams well um, within the organization. So to you, what are the drivers to um, successful data teams? I think there are some things that I can definitely see as sort of um, universally good things. <laughs> I think uh, it's setting up a team that consists of kind people who are curious and who are humble about other people's knowledge. I think that's absolutely crucial uh, because I, I know that like in the beginning when data was starting to become a hype and everybody was wanting to do data, 
Um, there was like this uh, rock star thing where uh, people would hire these kind of arrogant <coughs> people who would come in and tell everyone about how badly they'd been working and how they should just do what this person was saying and then everything would be perfect. And I mean, I've never met a person who wants to do uh, things when somebody's just told you that you're stupid and haven't done the right thing. <laughs> That's, it's just not going to work. <laughs> I'm just picturing in my mind um, someone coming in, being like, I'm the data person. I know better than you. This You've been doing everything wrong. We will do it again my way. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to work with I that think, person either. <laughs> no, no, no one wants to work with that person. Uh, and I, But I do think I can see that it's changed a lot over the years. Um, and I know that like when I was growing the team at, at SEB, so when I was the chief data scientist at a, at a Nordic bank, um, I was kind of fortunate enough to uh, grow my own team. So we started with two people. And when then at the end, when I left, there was 18 of us. Um, and I think quite early on, we decided that, or I decided that I would only go for kind and curious people um, who are sort of, you know, curious in the sense that you're humbly uh, curious about what others are doing. Um, and because, I mean, it's fascinating to meet like a, you know, client executive who's been working with large corporations for 20 years, the amount of knowledge they have. Um, and when you can see that sort of uh, that dialogue becoming curiosity from both sides, um, and when you're kind, then people will start to dare to ask questions that they might not dare to ask otherwise. So you really need that sort of safe space where they can can sit down and, and have a nice time, maybe drink some coffee, uh, maybe have a joke. <laughs> but really, you know, just find each other because we're all humans. And if we want to work together, we need to at least tolerate each other and show respect. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's very important, especially the showing respect to, to the others, which is very key. So how do you assess someone's curiosity? Because, I mean... I think a lot of people are talking about the importance of being curious in the field. Um, I think you more than most that I've heard, but <laughs> definitely a, a common theme. But how do you, because interviews are quite short in general. So let's say maybe an hour, you will see the person two, three times. Uh, but you can test technical skills. You can test some industry knowledge. You can test how they collaborate. But how do you test their curiosity? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, I think the the structure that that I've I've sort of gone with when I've been recruiting people for my team um, has been that usually sort of the hiring manager starts with a thirty minute uh, meeting, and that's just to get to know you as a human. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't have anything to do with technical skills. Uh, for me, it's always really important to have a good balance of personalities in the team. Um, so not everybody needs to be super curious. It's fine if someone's sort of a very niche uh, specialist in something, if that's what the team needs. Um, so I, I always try to find like a, a good balance of personalities, backgrounds, culture, age, attitude, uh, so that you can have like a, a well-rounded and, and open environment. Because uh, I think if you can manage to have a team that's that's well balanced with enough sort of people from different backgrounds, then nothing is is normal and everything is different, and it allows for everyone to really find the space to be themselves. 
And, and if you want to be a good and, and successful data team, then you have to have that space to, to be yourself. And you have to have that sort of safety to laugh at how stupid your model is or how crappy the data is. Um, and it, it needs to be done with joy and not sort of um, being afraid or being told that you're not doing a good job. Um, because, it, yeah. I think that's important. Uh, I think when it comes to curiosity, you can, I think you can tell when you're just sort of talking about life in general, um, if a person is sort of, you know, reading on about random things or uh, maybe has a, a, a surprising hobby or, you know, just talking to them as humans, you can quite often see if they are curious uh, in, in the way that I think you need to be to be truly successful with data. Yeah, I that's a that's a very fair point. I think people, especially more junior people, sometimes they struggle to let that show because I know when I started working, I was very conscious of, especially because I started working in Paris, so it's it's another level of being formal. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I can go back to work in France now, <laughs> um, but so. You know, you're so conscious of wanting to show that you're very professional and you can do the job that maybe sometimes you don't let that go through, but you're sharing how important that is. Hopefully will help some people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in general, like the, the interview situation, some people just sort of, I think, get it wrong. I mean, the, the interview is there for the candidate to figure out if they like the person that they're meeting um, and for the, the person that they're meeting to figure out if they think it's a good fit for the team. You know, it's it goes both ways. It's not like, uh, yeah, I think that's super important. Uh, it's something that I'm absolutely sort of always driving that like whatever company you are, you should always be joyful and grateful if someone wants to come and work for you. <laughs> <laughs> So not doing the other way where you feel like you are entitled to have people having to work with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> That's, uh, oh yeah, I love that. It's just talking with you. It's just, you have such a great energy. So now I'm like, I started being, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. So now I'm very happy. Um, so I wish we had had this conversation this morning. My day would have gone much better, I think. I will take it with me for tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, to close the episode, I, I would like to ask you what it is that, um, if you could share any type of resource that you're using for your um, personal or career development. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and it's, so I, I've sort of fallen in love with the, uh, Harvard Business Review small booklets that you can buy. Uh, so when I've been living in Amsterdam, I, I've uh, flown quite a lot. And at Schiphol, at the airport, they sell them. Uh, so every time I'm there, I'm like, okay, what do I want to learn about? And uh, what I like about them is that it's sort of academic research, um, but academic research that's super applied in industry. And of course, having done theoretical math, I didn't really <laughs> do that much application. <laughs> So it's really nice to read these sort of uh, very well thought through uh, tips and tricks about things. So there's one of my favorites is called Change Management 2.0. Uh, and it's all about how you can actually sort of in a structured way drive change in, in companies. Um, and I, I've read it several times, uh, especially some of the articles are, are really, really good. 
Um, and I, I kind of, I enjoy the, the breadth of the book series. Um, cause I think it's important to always, yeah, to have some sort of a small thing that you're thinking about. Maybe I could be better at this or maybe there's something that I'm missing. You know, we all have blind spots and life is all about trying to identify those blind spots and then figuring out if you can either replace your, replace that blind spot with something or if you need another human to help you <laughs> because <laughs> no one is perfect. <laughs> I mean, you can't do it yourself anyways. I, I do believe that learning and development is a, is a teamwork. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I like the the idea of the booklet. I I can totally see which one you're talking about. So when I fly home, um, it's a eight hours flight, which is very long. Um, and I always either take a book or stop like you like you do at the um, <laughs> at the shop at the airport, and. I have to say that there was a time where I actually bought one of the HBR one, uh, but more recently, I don't know why I tend to navigate to the the food ones, which doesn't make any oh, sense okay. because I, I'm not cooking as much as I used to. I just like to to read about food for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that always goes in waves for me. I have times when I read completely other things. <laughs> Maybe some fantasy or science fiction or just silly books. <laughs> silly books are the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anna, for for joining me on the podcast today. I, it was a pleasure and I had the best time. Thank you for the invitation. It was an absolute honor. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.